I want to I want to touch base with the scripture here and talk about something tonight. Uh, I've never taught this before in my life. I have thought about it, and especially the last few years, I've thought about it quite a bit, and it's uh, probably why I'm teaching it. I want to talk to you about longevity. I want to talk to you about the way we think about things is the way it'll be as long as we're thinking about it in line with the Word of God. Now, I don't know where I got this thought at. I, I'm going to I'm ask you to turn to John 10. I'm going to start right there, John 10 and 10 in just a minute. But I don't know. I'm ashamed to tell you. But when I was a younger man, like 30, I mean uh, 20s or somewhere along in there, it seemed like that I thought, man, to be 40 was old. And then if you got 50 and 60, you're really old. You know, my grandparents were... <laughs> My grandpa, Paul, died at 49, and I was about 12 years old or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but anyway, thinking, man, what was I thinking? See, I was thinking wrong. I'm going to show you tonight, if you will listen to the Word of God. I won't get it all taught out, but I want to get it introduced to you, that you could live a lot longer than what you presumed that you could live. I'm going to give you chapter and verse for everything, too. But here we are in John 10 and 10. I want you to see something Jesus said. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I wanted you to notice the thief here Jesus is referring to is the devil. And one of the things that he comes to do is to steal. He comes not only to steal your life, but He comes to steal your time. See, because the Bible teaches, you know, out of Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you think that 60 or 70, and I'm even going to go further than that in a minute, that even 80 is all you could live out, well, you're limited. And then if you, if you, if you don't think right even to that, you won't even make it to that. Now, this has nothing to do with all of our relatives that we love that didn't understand the Bible, right. didn't believe the Bible. Now, I just told you something a minute ago. I've never taught on this. I've been thinking about it for a couple of years. But I found out that I can live a lot longer than uh, I thought if I want to. Now, you don't have to go on live. You don't want to. You know, it, here's one of the things we're going to see in just a minute. If you're satisfied, go on home. And you ought to be smart enough after a while being in Christ to figure out when you're satisfied. But the devil has no business, listen to me carefully here, knowing how I'm going to go, when I'm going to go, or anything about me going. That's totally between me and my father. Not between me and you. <laughs> Not really between me and her. As such. Well, praise God, I'm talking to help you here. The devil, the thief, comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. We've taught a lot on healing, but here's the thing, too. Most people don't even know you can be healed and live out your whole life and, and fulfill everything, and we've taught you better than that already, but I'm, I'm talking about longevity. So let's go to Psalm 91 here and look at this scripture. Psalm 91, I'm going to read it and starting in verse 14. Psalm 91. And we could read the whole thing, but I don't have time tonight. And I've got a lot of material here, and I want to get as much in you tonight. Then maybe Tuesday we may follow up, and then maybe next Sunday, I don't know, or next Sunday night. I've got some other things in my heart for later this month. And, uh, and again, I want to make it clear to you, I've never taught on this in my entire life. I've thought about it. I know some things in here that I've never taught because just never get around to it. There's so many things to teach that people are desperate to have. And need to have, but sometimes this seems a little, you know, beyond the norm. But if you listen to me and you get a different mindset about you, you'd be shocked if you didn't know this. So we begin in Psalm 91, verse 14, and here's some qualifiers. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Before I read any further, right there is a key. I'm setting my love on Jesus. You're setting your love on Jesus. And because you're setting your affection and your love and your passion on Him, not on other things, He says, therefore will I deliver Him. How about delivering us from a mindset that says that we're getting old when we're 60? 
are worse when we're 40. I mean, I, you know, in the, you go to the uh, Walgreens or the Hallmark store, turn in the big 3-0. Turn in the big 4-0. Now, I've got chapters and verses for you. Turn me off and shut me down in your mind. You need to hear the man of God tonight. It'll change the way you think about your life. I'm just about halfway done if Jesus tarries and I decide to stay. Listen to the man of God tonight. You could learn something your pastors never told you before and your parents didn't know anything about. Because he said his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Not talking about coming up with him, but setting us on high in the earth. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. Hey, praise God. You hear these silly Christian plaques. Sometimes God says yes, sometimes no, sometimes maybe. Well, you didn't ask the right question. He would have answered you if you'd asked him right. This says right here, he would answer me if I called upon him. If I've set my love upon him. Not playing with this, set my love on him. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. There might be some trouble, but he'll be with you in it. And I will deliver him and honor him. Oh my goodness, if God honors you, it don't matter what everybody else in the planet thinks. He will elevate you. <laughs> I'm not even getting to the main thing here. With long life, there it is, with long life will I satisfy him and show him or her my salvation. With long life. With long life. See, if you think long life is 40, you're already downhill if you're 41. You're 40 in a day. You're already turning things down. Oh, you know, I can't do like... Well, nobody said, you know, don't be silly and say things you shouldn't say. I know if you're not 16 and you're 57, you can't run like you did when you're 16 normally. But still, you don't need to start shutting your own system down by the way you think. You should be getting smarter. You should be getting stronger. You should be getting more clarity. You should hear from God easier. You should have more authority than you've ever had in Christ. You should have more power on you than you've ever had in Him. The devil used to rattle your cage, get you out and beat you and throw you back. You ought to be throwing him in there. and Just look at him and he starts falling apart. He's on horse volumes. Not the same man I was 10 years ago. Not the same man I was five years ago. I'm beginning to see with long life he will, listen, satisfy me. There's not any, any big deal to live out, a, be an old person on drugs and strapped to a wheelchair in a nursing home slobbering. See, we're not talking about that. Here, not only do we got longevity of life, and I don't, you don't know what life, long life is yet until we show you, unless you've already studied all this out. And I'm going to show you tonight. You may be shocked. But he's not only going to give us a long life, he's going to satisfy us. <laughs> That's quality of life. You know where it says here, he will show us his salvation. One time I asked the Lord about that word. Of course, I looked it up and, uh, in the Hebrew and it meant fullness in every area. And the Lord said, look at Abraham. He's guy had fullness in every area. Genesis 24, 1 says that when Abraham was old, 175 years old, well stricken in age, God had blessed him in all things. <laughs> How much is all? That doesn't leave anything out. Does all leave anything out? His body, his mind, his money, his fine, his future, his marriage, every, everything about him. Of course, he buried his wife by then and married another girl. But anyway, the point I'm making is, see, that's all available. I'm not 175 years. I'm going to show you in a minute what's normal now, what long life is scripturally now. But I do want to say we need to understand that we can have fullness in every area if we do it God's way. I'm going to show you some other things you can do to shorten your life tonight. I've been in this long enough to watch people that were in my church get foolish, get reckless, get rebellious, get full of foolishness, 
get full of their own way and their own attitude and get an attitude and display an attitude. Pretty soon they were no longer not only here in the church, they were no longer on this planet. It wasn't anything they did towards me, but they became, they became foolish in their presumption. Some of them even became wicked in their behavior. The Bible says those kind of people live out half of their life. See, it has nothing to do with God's will here. It has to do with how you respond to what His will is. And you're the one in the driver's seat. Preaching better than you're saying amen. You have a redemptive right to live a long, fully satisfied life. I'm talking about satisfied. Now here's another, here's a little, I'm going to just run this trail out for a minute before I go any further. You know, some people are so discouraged about life, then you know you won't make it. I, there, is a, there is a reality in the scriptures of Jesus coming back and, and uh, you know, us going up to be with him and we all look forward. To, if he comes before you live out what I'm teaching, we're not going to complain one bit. Because we're going to find out tonight that would be not just better, far better. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And gain. But if he tarries. See, I think a lot of people are always talking about him coming back because they owe a lot of money and they want to come get delivered from that. I know how humans think. And then maybe you got a bad marriage. You're not happy in your marriage. Well, you know, that may cause your life to be shortened. <clears throat> or you got to know uh, uh, in your thinking some dead-end job is not going nowhere. You're tired of doing it. You're just fed up with the whole thing. Well, you know, you can go anytime you want. This, this message will help you quit feeling sorry for everybody that decide to leave this planet or let the devil push them out. You're either going to get mad at me or some of you are smart enough to listen to me. You'll start being in the driver's seat and you'll make those decisions whether you want to stay or go. But you sure as you know what, not going to let the devil push you out and evict you and tell you when you're going to go home. That's none of his cotton picking business. You have a redemptive right to live a long, fully satisfied life. I didn't say you're going to. I said you had the right to. I'm going to teach you about it if you'll listen to me. Let's go to Genesis 15 a minute. Let me show you this scripture I caught about 20 years ago and began to claim it. Didn't know fully what I was claiming. <laughs> like I'm talking tonight, I see it more clearly now than I did 20 years ago. But I saw about Abraham. He was the key to a lot of things in the New Covenant. And he was the key to look to and watch him. And see how he functioned with God. Because he walked in covenant. If there ever was a covenant man, it was him. And of course Jesus. But I'm talking about Old Testament here. But in Genesis 15, 15, I found this verse. Thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. That's talking about leaving this, leaving this planet. Leaving the surface of the planet to go on. To be with those that had went before him. And that's what we call, just, we would call, we call it death. But, you know, understand what I'm saying. Leaving, leaving this, this planet's surface. He says, and thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Notice that, in peace. What a terrible thing to go home in strife and turmoil. To have to leave this planet feeling like your kids are going to tear everything up that you left them. Or some other kind of mindset or some other kind of strife or stressful thing. Man, that should never happen to us. You don't think about what I'm going to say when you're 20, but when you get 50, 60, 70, 75, 80, you might be thinking, who's going to take care of me? I'll tell you who to take care of you if you'll let him. Jesus. And there might be some other natural people that are spiritual, but I mean still here on the planet that want to help take care of you. Thank God for those people. I've already got some sons that really helped me a great deal. I mean, a great deal. <laughs> but it's only because of Jesus that that's happening. It's not because of me, just me personally and 
to somebody. You know, it's because what we believe and what God's put together and so forth. Thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Well, that say I can go home in peace. And thou shalt be buried in a good, you ought to underline that, good old age. Hallelujah. All right. So this is, and of course I told you he's 175 when he passed. Let's go over here to Chronicles. Let's go over to 1 Chronicles 29. I want to show you something here about Mr. David in the Bible. 1 Chronicles 29. And let's look at something here about him. We're just looking at a couple. We're going to get deeper into this. We won't get it all covered tonight, but we'll get it introduced to you quite well. That'd be all right. We've already figured out that the devil's out to steal your time. Not just every day time. He does that too. You know, distractions and people, other people and different things. Trying to get you off course to walk in some other path other than what God has for you. To give up your prayer life or TV. To give up your word time for frivolous activity or whatever. Well, you're not going to get very far in any of this without the word and prayer. Because you're going to have to walk with God to walk in this. Isn't that right? And uh, here we go in 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 26 to 28. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel, and the time that he reigned over Israel was 40 years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron, and 30 and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. And he died in a good old age, full of days. When you hear that term, full of days, you know he got satisfied. He lived out his life in the fullness of the time. That, that he should. Notice it's full of days. And here's some other things added into it. Riches. He didn't die in poverty. He didn't die and his kids had to bury him. You know there's all kinds of things now in our society. Where the parent goes. And they don't even got any money to bury themselves. And the children and the grandparents got to take out a loan to bury grandpa. Or bury mom. Or bury something like that you know. Some of those funerals really can be expensive, you know, because we love mom. We want to get her the best casket. Mom is gone. You can get her the nice casket, but don't be thinking that she's going to be impressed with it. Think with me here. And the guy at the funeral home will be glad to sell you the high-end model with the mag wheels and dual flag on the side if you want. I don't care, you know. (laughs) He'd do anything for money. He died in a good old age, full of days, riches, 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 because he did it, he did it God's way. And it says here, and honor. See, you know, when we talk about David, most of you are thinking about adultery and killing Uriah. You're not thinking about he spared Saul's life in the cave. Or that when he got his army together, he didn't proselyte the army from King Saul. The men who came to him that he trained up were in distress and in debt and discontent. What a motley crew. Some of you were like that when I got you. Or all the above and plus some. But if you listen, we can help because the Word of God corrects all that. I was, I was like that and a lot more. How many are listening or just pretending to listen? He died in a good old age, good old age, full of days, riches, and honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. Notice that. He was full of days, full of riches, and full of honor. What a way to go. What a way to go. Well, let's answer some questions here. How long is long? (laughs) See, whatever you're thinking in your head right now, unless you've studied this out, that's your limitation. That's what you're thinking. Boy, if I can make it to fill in the blank, boy, I've achieved. No, there's another, there's another quality here. I just told it to you in, in, in Psalm 91. I'm not going back here. Satisfaction. Satisfaction. I said satisfaction. I mean, if God visited me tonight in my bedroom, said uh, Pastor Michael... You have, or Dr. Michael, whatever he would call me. He just calls me Michael, by the way. Michael, you fulfilled everything I have for you to do. I'd say, I'm ready. Not that I don't love you and love my family, love my, but if he said I have fully fulfilled everything he has for me, he's not going to do that because I know there's things he's put in me to do. But if he would say that, why would I want to stay? 
See, I don't understand mentality of people. But see, this is my point. You are part of the thing. You should be satisfied when that occurs. Brother Hagin said, when, if you hear that I go before I see you again, know that I got satisfied. Now, he didn't mean, I have to put this in there, at least you misunderstand me. A car hit his car and killed him. That's not, that's not being satisfied. It's not what I'm talking about. It's not what the Bible's talking about. He didn't say here, David died full of tubes and drugs and medication. Down at the eye intensive care unit. Of course, people die there every day, but nothing, nothing wrong with that, I guess. But that's not what your Bible's teaching. All right, I don't know if I lost you on that, but Matt, let's, go to, let's go to Psalm 90, because this is another clue that's misinterpreted sometimes by other preachers, and even the best of them miss it. All right, Psalm chapter 90. You know the psalm, you know, because somebody probably thinking this when I started this sermon tonight. Verse 10, and he says, The days, I'll, wait, I'll let you get there because I want you to see out of your Bible who he's talking to, and I want, you to, I want to give a little more background. First of all, this is a prayer of Moses, not Abraham, <laughs> and certainly not Jesus. As great as Moses was, let's get that straight. This is a prayer of Moses under the Old Covenant, under the Levitical law, and he brought all those stiff necks out, you know. You remember that group? Three million of them. Every chance they had a chance to sin, they jumped into it, it seemed like, for a long time. You've got to remember, that's the kind of people he's writing about here, because I'll read some more in a minute. Don't take it out of context. Verse 10, the days of our years are threescore years and ten. How many is that? That's 70. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, that's 80. Yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. But now let's understand this is, and we study that out, you find out Moses is dealing with them out of the book of uh, Numbers here in chapter 13 and 14 when they refused to go into the promised land that God told them they could have. He said, I, you've got to all pass away then because you're so full of unbelief you can't enter in. This isn't written to people who are full of faith and enter in. Rightly divide this with me. Now he said if you're 40, what did he say, 40 and downward, you got, you're going to pass away because he said you, you won't deal with me in integrity, you won't deal with me in covenant. I told you you could have it, only Joshua and Caleb are stuck with the covenant and believe the promise, so I'm going to keep them alive, they're going in. So that was another 40 years if you'll read your Bible carefully before they went in. So if you were 40 and you added another 40, how many would that be? And probably some didn't even make that. You go back and read out of numbers and some of the situations they got themselves into, oh my gosh, they were such a carnal bunch. It ought to answer a myriad of questions for you why people die young and even say they knew the Lord. Maybe they did that they're full of the devil, full of their flesh, and full of the world. We're not talking to that kind of person tonight. We're talking about somebody that's dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and who will say of the Lord, Lord, you're my refuge, not mommy and daddy, not my insurance program, not my, not my whatever I make down at the plant, not whatever I could figure out in my 401K or 506K or 70810 or, you know, whatever. Nothing wrong with having that, but I'm just, just being honest here. Does God set this as a maximum for us to live in? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This is written to a particular group of people in a particular setting. I mean, but you know, we look around today. You see how the devil has whittled us down? I don't know if you can see it. See, I'm, I'm 61. When I was a teenager, I thought 40 was ancient. If you were 60, oh my gosh, I thought you had false teeth and had a cane. You know, I mean, my grandpa was only in his 40s when I was a little kid. Then a teenager, he died when I was 12. But see, I, my mind was thinking, that was my grandpa. He was only 49 when he died of lung cancer. 
See, even my generation, the devil had worked so much on my parents and my grandparents that they, whether they said anything verbally, I don't recall. I know the preacher wasn't telling me I could live and live healthy and live strong and live right and live clean and, be, and grow and expand and have authority over the devil. Oh, my gosh. Where, were the, where are the men of God? That study their Bibles like it means something. It's not just to find a neat sermon. Let me show you something here. I'm not mad at you. I'm just talking here about some things, though, that I don't know. You know, you can believe whatever you like, but I hope you'll believe me in the Bible. Let's go to Proverbs 3 and look at verse 1 here and following. Let me show you something here. Here's some keys to living long. I'm not, I got a lot more, but I don't have time. We'll just talk about a couple, and then I'm going to have to move forward to get into a couple other... I'm going to show you how long long is in just a minute. I can guarantee you it's not 80. Now we look today and we think if somebody could live to be 80, that's long to us. But what are we basing that on? All those people died at 30 and 40. How could you... How, how could we think in our... In really, in, in just logically, not even spiritually, how could we think that a teenager that dies has lived out their life? See, I, I don't have to be super spiritual. You know, I don't know that's a good term, super spiritual. But I know Helen over here, Helen Ziegler, she can testify to you. I went to the hospital to pray for Michael when he was a young boy, a real young kid, for heart surgery. And she said, my friend's over here with his, her teenager boy in the hospital across the street. Would you go pray for him? And I said to Helen, she was, Jim was there, Helen was, I said, what makes you think they want me to pray for him? You know, a lot of our energy is wasted energy on people that aren't going to receive it anyway. And I pray for people to come to this church that want to grow up and learn and mature and be disciples, period. Other people could come, but I know most of them won't hang with me because I, the Lord, the preaching of the word that we preach here is going to require a challenge to people. And if they don't like to be challenged, they're going to be extremely uncomfortable. They won't last six months. Or they start coming, they're coming every service, then they drop back to two a week, then one a week, then one every other week. And we watch them. They move from the third row to the sixth row to the tenth row to out to the exit. They don't want to live for God. They just want to be a part of a group. But anyway, Helen said, well, I really think they'd receive you, Pastor Michael. So I said, okay, if you'll go with me. We went. And her and I walked over there, went under the street, came up in the other building over there and got to his room. I said, sir, he's 17, I think, at the time, something like that. Had cancer in his abdomen somewhere. I said, son, I haven't got a lot of time to talk to you. His mom and dad were in the room. I think she introduced me to them. I said, hello, and then I honed in on him. I said, I haven't got a lot of time to talk to you, son. I'm going to preach a little sermonette to you. If you want me to, when I'm done, I'll lay hands on you. If you don't, i got to go. So I went ahead and spit out some scriptures and talked to him. And I said, I'm a man of God. I said, you do not, one of the things I said it for, you do not have to die young. And you're a young man. You do not have to die sick. Now, I don't know if he'd ever been talked to in his life like that. But I only preached less than 10 minutes probably. I know that you think that's a miracle. But anyway, I did. <laughs> Helen was there. And then I said to the young man, would you like me to lay hands on you, sir? And he said, yes, sir, preacher, go ahead. And I laid hands on him and God totally healed that boy. And I, I think he's still alive today. He got married just a few years ago, whatever. He's probably 25 to 30 by now. About 33, right? And got a two-year-old. Now, I mean, I spent 10 or 12 or minutes with this kid. You see, I didn't have to wonder, well, I wonder if it's God's will. I wonder if God put this on him. I already settled all that long before I met him. Now, not everybody's going to be that willing to receive. Not everybody's going to take my authority and let it penetrate them. Some people put up all their shields. Really cool shields like Job and Paul's thorn and what does he know that I don't know. But that boy was just totally vulnerable to the authority I walked in and the word I gave him was just a couple scriptures. And I said, you can get this. We can pray for you and God will raise you up. And he just believed it. Man, wish everybody's that easy. Anyway, <laughs> Proverbs 3. Let's read, so let me read down through here a little bit. My son, forget not my law or my word, but let the, your heart keep my commandments for length of days. 
What helps you have length of days? Keeping the word. Let your heart keep my commandment. Not just your head, but your heart. That means you hear it and then you meditate on it and you absorb it and you live it and you act on it. That's the only way it's going to get down in your heart and, and really work for you. And then he says, let not, oh, let me uh, see, for length of days and long life. There it is, long life. I haven't told you what long life is yet, but it, we're getting to it. So this tells me if I will do that and, and peace shall they add to thee. If I'll keep his commandments and keep them in my heart and not forget them, I'm, I can have length of days and a long life and peace that's going to be added to me. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, verse 3. Bind them about your neck and write them upon the table of your heart and so forth. So mercy and truth plays into this too. Be a merciful person and walk in the word, walk in truth. Now let's go to Proverbs 10. This is a very startling scripture. Proverbs 10 and 27. I'd like you to look at this with me. And... Uh, I want to read this translation and then a few more. Here We're talking about whether you can lengthen your life or shorten it. I just showed you, if you don't keep His commandments in your heart, you're not going to have long life, you're not going to lengthen your days, and you're not going to have peace. But on the other side of that, you could have peace and you could have length of days and a long life. Like I said, if you're just totally dissatisfied and you won't change... And you're just fed up with all this on the planet. I guess you could go whenever you want. But that becomes dangerous because then you start letting down all your defenses to live by faith and walk in love and live it out and, and fight the good fight of faith to live out a long life and fulfill what God's given you. I, I don't know how many of you know who E.W. Kenyon is, but they say he wrote most of his literature after he was 65 years old. I think some after he was 75. He lived to be about 91 to 93. Different, different things say different, but still, that's pretty old. <clears throat> and did the most of the things in his elderly life. Because really he's noted more for his writings than anything else right now. In my And he died in 47, 48, 49, right in there. Think about that. Most, pen, most people write a book, it doesn't last one generation, don't even last 10 years probably. Send the trash or the shredder or on the bookshelf somewhere collecting dust. Here in Proverbs 10, 27, The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. You need to find out what's wicked, anything not holy, anything not godly, anything not right. God may have a different interpretation on wicked than you think, but it says here, The fear of the Lord or the reverence towards the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Let me read you a couple alternative translations here. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord prolongs one days, but the years of the wicked shall be made short. The fear of the Lord gives long life, but the years of the evildoer will be cut short. Obey the Lord and you will live longer. The wicked die before their time so they had a time and I'm going to show you it's not a time that's set in stone but they had a time they could have lived out is what he's saying but they cut that short didn't have anything to do with God or the devil talking about you and me how we live the fear of one's uh, of the Lord lengthens one's life but the years of the wicked are cut short uh, let's see. The fear of, the, of Jehovah addeth days and the years of the wicked are shortened. My, my, my. It's a lot here to think about, I know. Now, that's just a few of many we could get into. Let's, let's talk about what's long. How long is long? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 6. How many are learning something tonight? Maybe you didn't think of before, or maybe, it, maybe you have thought about it and wondered about it. I've wondered about it. Like I said, I've been thinking about it a couple of years now and, and getting more serious about it the last uh, several months and different things and thinking about things. Here we go. Uh, you know, in the first part of Genesis, people were living an extremely long time. Extremely long time. Like, uh, you know, here's just some in chapter... I'm not going to point it out, but chapter 5, I'm going to read out of chapter 6 in a minute. Chapter 5 says... Uh, Adam, he, 930 years. Seth, 912. Uh, Enoch, 365. Methuselah, 969 years. They were living in a, a tremendous amount of time. Also with that, the wicked people of this earth were living a long time too. 
It's one thing to have a felon that's only going to live one lifetime, get executed or die in prison. It's another thing to get in prison, get out and be loosed for another 700 years or something. Yeah, God was having to deal with stuff, and, uh, and people were wicked. And uh, some of them were righteous, but a lot of it had went awry because of Adam. See, man was never live to not, <laughs> never made to not live. That's why it's so foreign to, you know, even, even the believers, unless they get really renewed minds, it's your, your, your body don't want to give your spirit up because it, the body's dead then. <laughs> You know, there's a certain amount of apprehension unless you know what we're teaching. And you get saturated with God. It's the easiest thing you'll ever do. You've got to learn this, though, or it won't be easy. It's a big struggle and everything, but it shouldn't be that way. I've heard, even, even in our lifetime, even just in the last year or so, Brother Roberts went home. They said... Uh, uh, Richard and his wife or somebody were there and they were in a different part of the house or wherever he was at. I don't remember exactly. Hospital, they, you know, and they went to get something to eat and they came down the hall. They heard him singing, top of his lungs. And Richard came in and said, sing this with me. And they were singing old camp meeting songs from the tent days. See, his mind probably went back into all that glorious time when God was visiting the planet through his men. <laughs> and he just, there's Jesus, goodbye, left. Brother Kenyon, who was 90-some years old, so was Oral Roberts, 90-some. And he told his daughter, he lived with his daughter when he was older, and said, well, I'm going home tomorrow. And, and I think his daughter thought, well, maybe Dad's getting senile a little. He's elderly now. And he said, no, I'm going home tomorrow at 10 o'clock. <laughs> so they got up and had breakfast. He went in the little room. He had a little rocker, they said. And he sat in the rocker and looked at his daughter and said, well, there's Jesus. Bye-bye. <laughs> Left. Ain't that a good way to go? No tubes, no medication. <laughs> We're not criticizing hospitals. They can help people if they need assistance. You know, different things. Sometimes people, you know, will have different issues. But we're talking about God's standard here. You know, the Bible tells me in Isaiah 62.10, I'm going to lift up a standard to you. I, I can't make you hit it. But I mean, my goodness, if you just hit two-thirds of what I'm preaching tonight, you'd be ahead of most people. You don't have to die sick. You don't got to die young. You don't got to... <laughs> oh, thank you, Father's right. Here we are in Genesis, Genesis 6, verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he is also he, for that he also is flesh. In other words, he's living in a flesh body. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Now, we see from that, that is God's definition now of long life. Now, if you go on a few more chapters, some people lived out a little bit longer than that. And even Abraham himself, you know, which came later in Genesis 13, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 before he dies. 25, 7, and 8 says he was 175 years old when he died. But what we're seeing is men began to decrease that amount of time over the next couple generations. And then it went for almost 500 years. And it always has stayed the same is what I'm saying, even to this day we live in, about 120. Now, you may think people don't live to be 120, but some of the, and I haven't read Gloria's book. She may deal with some of this. But I know that there are statistics now in the earth. I even heard a thing on Good Morning America or one of those TV morning shows about the thousands of people that are over 100 years old and still cook their own breakfast. And some of them clean themselves up. And some of them, you know, go to the grocery and they may have, may drive, may have somebody else drive them. I don't know, but I, you know, we just think that's so foreign to us. How long's long life? 120. With long life will I satisfy thee. His head never changed since then. Again, there was a couple of generations that it, they were, their lifespan was extended, but it began to go down and fall into a category about 110, 120. And it stayed that way ever since then. So that is why when we think about long life, that passage in Psalm 90 is not accurate to us. The reason you think it is, most people don't even get to 70, much less 80. And if they are, they're a cripple. They're invalids. 
they're, they're, they're incapacitated. They don't think right. They don't walk right. They, don't, they can't function right. Don't think like that. You have the right to live healthy and strong, and they're reading glory. I'm going to get a copy of it. I haven't read her book, so I don't know what she's teaching. I'm sure it's good. <laughs> I'm sure it's the Word. <laughs> I'm talking about what God is showing me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody here, or did you go home? All right, go to Hebrews chapter 9. Here's another scripture that throws a lot of people off. And there's more I'll say about all this later, you know, at another service. But I, I'm trying to get some insight into you right now to show you that people haven't interpreted things correctly. Remember Psalm 91 says, If you love Him, He will deliver you and He will satisfy you with a long life. Show you His salvation, fullness in every area. Hallelujah. And don't forget, as a man thinketh in his heart, or a woman, or a boy, or a girl, that's how you'll think. See? See, this is where, you know, and I'm not criticizing medical people. They want to know what your father had, what your mother had, what your grandma had, what your grandpa had, how long they lived, and what they had, and what any symptoms, any cancer, any this, any that. You go to the simple doctor to get something checked, and they got 47 things, yes or no. You ever had this, 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 and they're shocked if you put no to everything. Because they're not used to it because we live in a generation of sickness and disease. And not only is there sickness and disease, there's so much infantile thinking. No faith generation. No covenant-minded people. You know, that's what Malachi got into, that or a group there. He said, you know, what good has it been that we've served God? What profit has there been? Well, I'm showing you. If you'll serve Him and love Him, He knows how to preserve you. He can say anything about your government or your grandma or some kind of medication. <laughs> I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hebrews 9, 27. Look at this verse here. This, this throws people in a tizzy because they don't know how to rightly divide. For it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. So this is not telling us that we have an appointed time to die. That's not at all what that's talking about. It's talking about once. You hear people say, even good people. I've been, in, I've been in Christian funerals for 40 years. My goodness, I've heard every kind of a crazy, off-the-wall lunatic saying you could imagine. Well, I guess their number was up. What number? We're not down at Sears taking a ticket. 47, 53, 86, 35. There's no such thing. Get your head out of that. That's not what that says. I just showed you where you can lengthen your life or take it away. It's up to you, baby. It's up to you. It's not up to God, not up to the devil. God's given you His Word, and I'm helping you understand it, and you can take this and let it be a part of you, and I'm not going to get it done tonight, but this helps get it introduced to you. There's appointed unto you a, a once to die. And you're not even going to experience the second death. You've already experienced, if you're saved tonight, you've already experienced all the death you're ever going to experience. I know you think that dying out of this body is going to be so traumatic, but it's, if I could show you, it's just like that. That's all it's going to mean to you. How hard is that to shed something? See, I mean, think about this. Think with me here. I don't know where we get our weird thinking from religious people. We just heard this morning, the Spirit of God said, uh, I, didn't redeem you, I redeemed you not only from sin, but from religious people and philosophies of men. Rightly dividing the word, there's appointed unto men once to die. Now the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to be born and a time to die, but it didn't say who made the appointment. Job says that we will come like, a, like a, a, a corn in its full sheath in the season. 
You know, it doesn't say there's a particular time to die, but a season in which you can get to the place you know you're going to go home. I'm sure all the men and women who were spiritual knew before they went, Peter included. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. He didn't say tomorrow at 6 o'clock. God could have revealed it to him, but this is my point. He knew when he was going, but he was finished. <laughs> Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. I finished my course. I finished my course. I finished my course. Well, if you're done and you're finished and you're satisfied, then go on home. But when you let the devil and other people talk you out of it, that's not good thinking. Let's go over here to Genesis 49. I'll close with this tonight. Did you get anything out of this? 49.33. There's a whole lot more to talk about, but uh, this is going to help us as we think about things for our future, that God wants us to have a long, satisfying life. Hallelujah. Maybe I'll have to talk about it Tuesday. One of the scriptures that we, we didn't get to tonight is obey your parents in the Lord. Could have a twofold meeting, your biological parents, but in our modern civilization today, like Pastor was talking about on national TV, grown people talking about obscene things that everybody else was doing and endorsing sin, endorsing perversion, endorsing damnation. You talk about opening up a door to the devil. Man, you talk about, you get perverted in your living. You have, the devil will take advantage of you every single time. And endorsing some, a lady of that stature has got that kind of worldwide influence. And I don't think she gives a hoot nanny what we think. Obey your parents in the Lord. This was my point. If you've got parents that are weirded out, then don't obey them. You come tell me about it, and I'll have the police arrest them. You think I'm teasing about it? I'm not. I've thrown several people out of my church in the last five years because they wouldn't straighten up. None of your business who they were. And I don't do that very often, but you're going to keep on fooling with stuff and fooling with me and fooling with the devil. You're going to get out of here. Because you're either going to straighten up and get the devil knocked out of you or you're going to leave because I'm not going to tolerate a little leaven here. Not talking to anybody, I'm just talking to everybody. You've got to keep yourself right in this thing. We're a body of people. Not mad at anybody, I'm trying to help everybody. But see, it says, obey your parents and the Lord. How about me and Pastor Diana? We're the spiritual parents here. We're not here to hurt you, we're here to help you. It's almost dangerous you talk about having a father and then I got teenage girls and other girls and their dads have taken advantage of them. You know, we ought to be able to talk about these things, but our, our society has become so deranged and insane and, and dysfunctional. I mean, from the top, we got a president doing stuff under the desk. What do you think that opened up to our society? You think that's just one guy doing one thing with one girl and that's all there is to that? You've got to be out of your mind. There's a spiritual principle here. It just licensed everything. Anybody that even leaned that way and even thought in their mind that would be acceptable is out being a predator now on defenseless people that can't even make a good decision. And my God, the society is full of people like that. Can't even make a good quality decision to live for anything but themselves. So full of selfishness. and my, I could just go off on that. But here's my point. If you obey your parents in the Lord, it'll go well with you. That wouldn't be sick then. And you could live a long life. It's the first commandment with a promise. So even if you didn't have good parents, I'm not saying you didn't, but if you didn't, you can always look to me and Pastor Diane as long as we're doing the Word and living it before you and we're not asking you to do something unethical, illegal, or immoral. That shouldn't be a problem. There might be a challenge in it. Well, I don't know, Pastor, if I like you anymore. Well, I like you. 
I like you enough to tell you the truth. Even if you want to call me an enemy, you can call me whatever you want. But I'm, I'm called of God to do what I'm doing. And I'm not ashamed to tell you the truth. And I'm not ashamed to tell you, st- sit up and act right and be right and get your thinking straight. <laughs> oh, there's just so much weirdness out here anymore. I'm going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. There'd be no strange God among you, it says. The whole society's goofy. I tried to take my little grandsons to the zoo the other day. We're kid friendly, only until 3 o'clock, and then we all get crazy. <laughs> yeah, they have a morning time because they want to make money. They don't want to freak out. They figured one or two of us might complain instead of dress our little kids up like devils and participate in something that's demonic. But after 3 o'clock, oh, Katie barred the door. They're going to put up whatever decorations they want. Have a party. Scare the you-know-what out of the animals. Got a big cleanup over there probably after that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Obey your parents in the Lord. I'm trying to help you tonight. I'm not mad at you, but listen. Don't be thinking your life is so limited. It's only limited because you think so. See, the way you're thinking is the way you're believing and the way you're talking. Even myself, I had myself limited back. You know, I was thinking live to whatever, you know, I'm not, you know, around 90. And I still may want to go at 90, but that's my prerogative, not anybody else's. That's between me and my Heavenly Father. And if I'm not satisfied, <laughs> maybe I'll live on. I might get to 84, 85, 86 and say, I'm done. Put a fork in me. I'm done. But not let the devil take me out. I'm going to show you this is the Bible way to go. And I'm uh, about a minute or two over the line, sweet Jesus. You could put a big piece of chocolate cake on my chest and put a little fork in it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not planning to go before you. Right? I'm going to straighten out my thinking here. I'm just talking. My confession kicked in. Did you notice that? <laughs> you in Genesis 49? No. I <laughs> Diana said, this is not a competition. No, it's not. Isaiah, I mean, Isaiah, Genesis 49, 33. Look at this here. And when Jacob had been to end, made an end of commanding his sons, he, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. There's your Bible way to go home right there. Let that be in your forefront of your thinking. No tubes, no medication. Of course, you know, I'm not complaining. You need to take mom and dad and get them help. You know, I don't know if they can't breathe. Or, you know, to do what you need to do. But just realize this is your goal. Whenever you go home, get all your kinfolk together and prophesy over them, move in the Holy Ghost, bless them, say, I'll see you. See you on the other side. Bye. <laughs> That's the Bible way. First, bring me a little bowl of popcorn <laughs> and a little raspberry spitzer. You know, a little, what are those called? Izzy's. Yeah, a little Izzy. In a glass, glass, no Tupperware, especially if I'm going. You know, I want to make it look real nice. Ah. you get anything tonight you hadn't seen before how long is long life 120 you don't have to live out that long but you could that's just my point and even even people that aren't necessarily spiritual people i've seen them on tv i forget that heavy set guys on tv you know they used to drive the trailer around the country on one of those morning shows, big old heavy guy. But anyway, he used to interview these old people. And one thing I noticed about them, they were all forgiving people. They talked about joy and a sense of humor and not being bitter and not being unforgiving. And, and he would interview them and stuff. You'll think about that big boy later. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Stand up with me a minute. Praise the Lord. Is anybody here tonight?